1: The Andy J podcast. The Andy J podcast. The Andy J podcast. Hey, welcome to episode 89 of the Andy J podcast. I hope you are having a brilliant week. Now, let me tell you, we have. An incredible land of a guest this week, a genuine fide megastar, and it follows on from many, many amazing musical guests we've got. So this week's guest, as you can see, we have an hour with the one and only Sean Hall. Oh yes, I am delighted to say that I connected with him last week. We had the most brilliant Zoom call where there he was in Jamaica and I was at home in the UK and we just clicked. It was wonderful. I wasn't sure how long I'd get with him. I'd had anything from 20 minutes to 12 minutes. It kept reducing and then we ended up just chatting for the best part of an hour. And what an amazing conversation. Such a great guy. Really fascinating chat. And actually this follows on from several brilliant chats with amazing musicians. People like Professor Green and James Arthur and Example and Tito Jackson. And Katie Mellower. We've had some incredible conversations with musicians this year. We've been really, really privileged. And so to land Sean Paul was a real bonus. I thought it was going to be a little clip for a radio, but he ended up chatting me almost an hour so I'm really really chuffed that we've got this time with such an interesting guy he's lived an incredible life yes of course he's had hits since the 90s and you know when you say that that has come with so many incredible things once you've landed a bunch of hit records and won a bunch of awards and been a big 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 name for generations of people that comes with vast fame vast wealth, huge opportunities, and of course, all kinds of pitfalls and traps that people try and catch you out in. So he's lived an incredible life. But actually, before he became famous, he didn't record a single thing as a musician until he was 24. And his childhood and his journey to stardom is really, really interesting. And it was one that I wasn't sure if he'd go into. And I'm very pleased to say he absolutely did. And he went into in great detail the challenges that he had to overcome in his life. And wow, I mean, Growing up in Jamaica with a dad who was regularly in trouble was not an easy, easy life for Sean. So he talks about that so brilliantly and so eloquently. I'm going to let him share his story rather than give you the highlights because this is one that I want you to listen to in full because he's just great. He is worth your time. He's, of course, coming over to the UK uh, in April. He's on tour in several different venues. I thoroughly recommend it because he's going to be brilliant live, of course. But the key thing is, wow, what a guy. And he's so open. Now, I can tell you that we have, as if you're listening to this in real time, we are rapidly closing on on Christmas. It's daunting that. If you're listening to this in the future, you know, in 2022 or 24 or 25 or whatever it might be, hello, future. I hope you are great. And I hope and I'm sure this conversation will stand the test of time. However, if you're listening to this in real time, if you're one of these regulars that tunes in each week, thank you so much. I can tell you that we're going to do the same thing that we did last year. We are going to bring out a couple of festive specials just to sort of ease. Some people find Christmas, they're all the statistics have happened and so on, and we've all been locked up for different times of the last couple of years as well. But some people find the Christmas period, the festive period, and of course, the transition into a new year, quite a challenging time, quite a stressful time. So we're going to bring you a couple of different episodes, partly to bring some comfort, partly to bring some distraction. So next week, we will bring you out our mental health episode, because we've had so many big conversations about mental health this year with some massive, massive celebrity names. So we're going to bring you some big conversations, people sharing their stories and Making it clear to you that if you are struggling, you're not alone and that what you're going through, other people have faced it. And sometimes I feel that when you hear that people that have had such celebrity and such wealth and such success have also struggled and challenged and faced the same things that you may be going through or have gone through yourself like. I find that to be very useful and I hope that you do too. Certainly when we put out an episode like this last year, the reaction was really, really strong. That's why we felt it was important to do it again this year. So next week, we'll bring out a special mental health episode where we have many of our guests, people like Frankie Bridge and James Arthur and Robert Webb and so on, sharing their stories and their stories of survival, The stories of challenge and their stories of survival. You'll be able to hear that next week. The week after, we're going to have a celebrity anecdote special because we found that we had so many incredible stories from people like, oh, Liam Neeson, Olivia Coleman and Michael Sheen, they're going to be some big names sharing some big stories. So if you haven't dipped into our back catalogue and heard the full length, there's going to be a little bit of a sort of selective highlights uh, coming up in a couple of weeks time. And then, of course, normal service will resume early January 2022. For now, though, let me just introduce the brilliant Sean Paul. Andy J Podcast. I am so delighted to tell you about the superstar who is joining us right now. He's a multi award winning, chart topping. Well, he is. He's a musical icon superstar. He's calling in from Jamaica. I am thrilled to welcome the one and only Sean Paul. How you doing, Sean?
0: Yo, I'm good, bro. I'm good.
1: I'm so chuffed we're chatting and I'm pleased to say I can tell the listeners this, we can see each other right now and I'm delighted to say you've got the trademark shades on I was wondering what was going to (laughs) happen but
0: Yeah, yeah, I couldn't I couldn't do the interview without him, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well,
1: don't look too closely at me. I'm I'm rocking about six eye bags right now. So, you know, can... like <laughs> if only but I had going
0: to... to have a competition then.
1: <laughs> well, listen, we got so much to talk about. Of course, we're going to talk about your tour, the new music, everything that's happening in your world. But let's can we just start dad to dad? Because We've both been locked up with our kids for some time. I've got yeah. three kids. You've got two. Similar sort of age. I think your eldest is four. Is that right, Levi? Four? Four, yeah. yeah? yeah. So how... It has aged me, Sean. I love being a dad, but I, am, <laughs> I now look like well, an old man. How are you getting on? Well,
0: congr- congrats, Congrats, congrats. Um, I've, been, I've, been, I've been looking like an old man a long time. I'm just <laughs> cool in the crowd. So. <laughs> um. But, but yeah, uh, it's been an amazing time in terms of, for me, getting to spend more time with the kids and more time with the family. Uh, That's a positive that's been happening uh, due to this pandemic, which has been something I didn't plan for. Uh, It's been been pretty cool, you know? Yeah, I was... Um, Yes, it it does age me and it has changed me (laughs) before. Before I was like a dad, like, yeah, let him climb the tree, let him climb the walls. It's all good, yeah, they're good. And then my son burst in his head, like, like, beep, like big cut right here. So, oh no, that changed me. Now I'm the dad. It's like, no, don't do that. You're yeah. gonna, hey, don't play with the fans.
1: <laughs> Did he do it on your so, watch? Did he get the cut when he, when you were on duty? Yeah. Oh no, yeah, like
0: 30 seconds, 30 seconds of me going, hey, what's that over there? <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh, that's dad so guilt right I there. Take
0: my eye out for them now.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, well, how's it going to work? I mean, the world is starting to turn again. We think we've got a big tour planned for you for early next year here in the UK, which is brilliant. But of course, I mean, you're used to being on planes—what six, eight months of the year—and and then you haven't because of the pandemic, because no one has. So you've had all this dad time. How are you going to feel yeah. flying around the world? Are you going to are you going to take them with you? Are you going to miss them? What what are you thinking?
0: That, yeah, that's going to be hard. Uh, but you know, uh I plan to take them at some point, but uh, you know, we just have to make the steps that we that we have to, you know. Uh no, I don't have a ninety five. So there's a trade off, you know, there's sometimes I'm I'm for months I'm at home just being the dad. So uh as I said before, this pandemic has been uh you know, the the blessing in disguise in terms of these formative years with the both kids. Um and that's That's priceless, you know? Yeah. Uh, My son's about to be five in February, so... And then my daughter's two and a half now. And, um, you know, I can't imagine what it would have been if I was touring for this year and a half, because I usually tour for about six months out of the year. So... And you, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You? Well,
1: well. Also, you've been there for all the firsts. You know, the first step, the first words, the first time they've slept through the night without your help. All that stuff. You've been there for yeah. those big moments. So that's amazing. Yeah, uh, I,
0: I, I, I got, I got the, um the more, of uh the, the, the help with the bathroom for the first time. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah. I got a lot
1: of duty on that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> now you see what the rest of I'm us sorry, have been doing. I
0: don't know. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Oh, happy days, man. And how has it been? Obviously, you know, we're all kind of aware of our own little universe when it comes to the pandemic. We in the UK, we've had different lockdowns, we've had a a strange government telling us different things and not following their own rules and all kinds of stuff. (laughs) How's it been in Jamaica? Have you, have you been under kind of house arrest as it were, like lots of people have for months at a time? Or has there been a bit more freedom?
0: Yeah. No, we've been, we've been crazy. for a couple, I think the end of summer, we did lockdowns where it was uh, uh, just crazy for the whole week almost. Like from, what day was it? From uh, Friday night, Friday evening, uh, we could go out Saturday morning until 11 o'clock. And then by 12, you had to be in your house until Wednesday. Oh. And so we, it was it was crazy because a lot of people who work, day to day and kind of live hand to mouth. So from Friday to Wednesday was kind of hard on a lot of people and that went on for about six, I think about eight weeks. Um you know we had a we had a crazy spike and, and so that so uh we've had a, a 8 p.m curfew curfew till about five since that um at, in the morning and then uh we just we just, uh, we just got that lifted. So I think parties are going to start happening until 10 o'clock. Okay. So we, we've got a little, a little uh, time, a little more time to party. I think parties will start at 5 in the evening and go to, to 10. Because it's the like, a, for me,
1: it's been scientifically yeah. proven that you can't catch COVID at 10 10 p.m., right? So that's, so that's the thing. <laughs> I-
0: exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Uh, the thing for me, though, know, uh, I, I was I've got asthma, so I was like very the first five months I didn't go nowhere. I stayed in my house. Honestly, I, I could count on my hand uh, the amount of times that I left my house, literally. And so um, I've been slowly coming out of my shell and uh, going. Uh, you know, obviously I've been to the studio. I'm back, and I've been uh, doing a few videos. I'm back. But uh, yeah, looking forward to, you know, just, uh, you know, freeing up to- in a different way than we've been. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I yeah. Say I can't yeah. say totally yet, but yeah.
1: Socially distanced high fives. Yeah. sure. So I'm guessing you might not be doing any stage diving when you come over because of course you've got, I'm so excited for this. You're coming over here. You've got, you've got loads of dates and I've looked at the venues. They're all, I mean, it's all the best venues, isn't it? Right. You're filling the places that we want to see you at. You're going to be in Birmingham, Nottingham, Leeds, Cardiff, London, of course, you're going to be all over the UK, but I'm, I'm sensing you're not going to be doing too much into crowd stuff, right? No kind of surfing and, you know, hugs with the audience.
0: Yeah, maybe, maybe, um, uh, you know, use a parachute on the, on the, on the crowd. Search. I don't know. I, I've seen people do this bubble. I, I, that's pretty, that's Yeah. pretty, uh, kind of like an old trick now, but maybe we'll do that this, this year. Um, we'll see though, uh, yeah, it's still pretty, uh, iffy for me in terms of, you know, these different variants that keep popping up and, um. By that time, I'm not sure what's going to be happening. But I keep my fingers crossed and keep positive. And uh, even though I may not be doing a lot of hugs and pictures, uh, we still going to give the people the love. You know what I mean?
1: That's it. Well, I mean, you know, you're known for many different things, Sean. And one of them is this ability to just transform a crowd. You know, it's a known thing. When you walk on the stage, it's just bonkers. Do you feel it? Are you kind of, when you, when you walk out there and the energy must be insane. What's it like you? Do you ever get a little overwhelmed? And it's like, holy moly, these, they're doing this for me. I mean,
0: whoa. It really, it really gets me pumped, man. When, when I do hear the crowd, I could be having the worst day. I could have traveled 12 hours. Um, you know, I've, I've, done shows like that where, you know, my plane was delayed and it took me 12 hours to actually get from London to. Down to uh, Mozambique, uh, at my first show there. And uh, as I landed, the police escort me here, through traffic and then go straight on the stage. Uh, so, those times you're tired, you, you know, you, you, there's a lot going on. But once I hear the crowd, it's like, whoa, <laughs> you know,
1: it's kind of like uh, the coffee in the morning, breakfast coffee. Nice. You know? Get that's a serious yeah. hit of coffee, though, Sean. That's you know,
0: that's not like <laughs> you
1: can't just get that off your little kettle and cover. You know, little kind of spoonful. That's a full on. What is it? I mean, what's the biggest crowd you've hit? Must be. I mean, Glastonbury must be up there, right?
0: Glastonbury was huge, yeah. uh, but the biggest single crowd I ever did was the Prince's Trust. Uh, now of course, that's with a, a a bag of other acts. You know, great musicians and artists and bands, but. Uh, what was funny for me about that show was to see the rate at which my, the sound I was making on stage was traveling, because people were jumping at different times, wow. going down the, the, the field, the hallway, uh, the field, yeah, and, and uh, that was something I always knew, that the, tra- the sound traveled a little different, but to actually see that much people and to see the wave of people, like the people near me were jumping on time and. As it got down further, there was people jumping at different times, it was a big wave. And- That was something that I've never experienced before. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: That's amazing. That must have been incredible. Hey, can we talk about you? Because one of the things we love to do on this show is we talk about how people have got to where they've got and the sort of things that they've kind of come up against and pushed through and how you've got to this level of achievement. Now, you started, it's a well-known journey, Sean. You started quite late for a musician. You know, we talk about kind of artists like yourself. They've been doing it since the age of 12, 13, 14. Actually, you didn't lay anything Mm -hmm. down until, what, 24?
0: Yeah, so I started to have my little notebook kind of vibes about 17, and it took me those few years to be able to to get into the studio. You know, uh, all, of, all the rest of that time, I was a fly on the wall, watching the bigger artists uh, do their thing. Uh, I would go to the studio and stand up in the corner and just stand there, um, you know, soaking the atmosphere. Also uh, at stage shows as well. I'd be in the crowd looking up being like, yo, that's me. That's me next year. Uh, Next year, I'm going to be up there. And it took about six years, you know. Um, So, yeah, those were the learning years. And and, uh, I guess, as they say, you pay your dues, you go through it, and and, and you wait for your turn, you know. Uh, When, when, um, you know, preparedness meets the opportunity, that's where you shine, so... I was always trying to be prepared for those six years, and uh, finally, I got my chance. As you said, I was about twenty-four.
1: Yeah, nice, nice. So, what was childhood then? Because I've I've read little bits about your your kind of upbringing, and I, and I believe you had sort of you were kind of stuck in the middle syndrome because your family were were reasonably well off like to, to be above yeah. the breadline but not so rich that you mm-hmm. know you were kind of going to LA every other weekend or you know you had all yeah, the toys yeah. or all the gear or whatever so you were kind of the man in the middle or the child in the middle what was that
0: like did yeah, that did that affect you up, especially growing up in Jamaica here you know there's a lot of poverty so uh, if you're not in that poverty bracket you may be looked upon as a rich guy uh, which was far from the truth uh you know middle class family that's where we were which is uh a dwindling uh, set of people like there's there's less and less middle class in, in, in this country, you know. Uh, so you know, being in that position, I did feel like I was I didn't belong with these rich kids that I went to school with, and I didn't belong with uh, you know the, the the kids who lived in a zinc fence. It, it just didn't I didn't fit in. Um, and so I had to learn how to fit in in both areas, in, in all, all those areas. And I think that made me just have a versatile type of personality, uh, you know, cause I do have friends that are, they own a lot of stuff or their family does. And then I do have friends that they don't, they, 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 they don't own much at all. Um, and so that gave me a great perspective, a, a very distinct outlook on, on and life and an appreciation for everything that I got, and so um, also enables me to help people a lot um, You know the, 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 my grandmother's from from uh, Coventry okay my, my grandmother who lives with me today she she was in Coventry she moved to uh, to rugby and then she met my grandfather who was a Chinese Jamaican he was studying to be a doctor in Trinity college and, uh, they, you know, they hooked up and she's been in Jamaica ever since that since I would believe, I think fifties, early, early fifties. Okay. So, um, uh, she's 97 now and, uh, you know, we're, we're taking good care of her and, and she taught me well, but growing up with a grandma like that here, the, the perspective, as I said, is, is, just, just a, a, a very valuable thing, you know, because it gave me an outlook as to what the world was uh, a little bit more about what the world was about, you know. She'd tell me stories, uh, you know, and cook food, and you know, the bubble and squeak, and and, and um, uh, certain little things that that she enjoyed back at home, and every day she would have her tea. and so it gave me a a, 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 a look into abroad, you know what I mean? I, I felt closer to, to things, even though I hadn't been to the UK or London until uh, I was way over 24, I think. Yeah. I think I was 26 the first time I, I got to come, come to UK, UK um, and meet, you know, the, the rest of her family. Wow. Uh, so, yeah. So you had
1: this kind but of massive... You had this massive range of experience to pull on from from the influences in the family. You were able to kind of learn yeah, about sure. life.
0: For sure. My, my pops was uh, someone who was a hustler and, you know, he was in the streets. He went to prison a few times and, um, you know, where, where I would hang out when I was four and five years old, um, I could just say my grandmother was probably freaking out. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, was in, I was in the ghetto amongst, people rascal people smoking chalice uh because that's where my pops would go like pick me up and just go there um and and just chill out with friends talk you know he would talk his business i would chill, be chilling out with kids so yeah i got different perspectives and and you know on the other hand i went to a very big uh what what you call a prestigious school so to speak and uh you know, those kids were going to Miami every every holiday weekend and, as you said, L.A. and all over the place and coming back with the latest stuff. And So for me, as I said, it, it got me really balanced, you know. Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. I, mean, it's, I mean, it sounds fascinating. I mean, you, you sort of mentioned, you know, the, the, the kind of underbelly of, of the life that your dad was living and the fact that he had some time in prison and so on. How did that affect you as a kid? Because, you know, dads are role models to, to young lads, aren't they? So... When you're watching yeah. these things happening to him, were you aware that this wasn't kind of, this wasn't cool, this wasn't the done thing, or did you just still think he was great?
0: Yeah, I mean, when, when he used to smoke, I, and it was illegal, you know, I, I, I always knew, you know, that was something for dad, and just like a cigarette or maybe, a you know, alcoholic drink, that's something that I didn't do, uh, but I also knew that weed was, was uh, something that not every dad did as well. <laughs> And, uh, so, so I was aware of that and, um, you know, going to school in a, in, in a car that was, you know, we had no brakes on the car when that, when, when my pops wanted to stop, he would ride the sidewalk. I hope no one was there, <laughs> so to speak. Um, you, you, if you ever watched this cartoon called the Flintstones, yes. that was our Mars, it was a Mars marina.
1: Oh, okay. And nice. There was a
0: big, yeah. There was a big hole in the floor, right, right where I sat. Uh, so, if it rained, you were gonna get splashed up. You know what I mean? <laughs> and then I would drive into the drive into the school with these kids. They, their parents had BMWs, and Benz, and Volvo's, and all of this. So, uh, yeah, there was a there was a difference, you know. Um, and and the times where he did get in trouble and go to prison, I was more uh, not for me. I, I was afraid for him. Right. And. Um, uh, so yes, it did affect me. The first couple of times, I was uh, very young. I was or four, four, five those years. A lot of turmoil. And, um, you know, uh, by the time I was 13 years old, he went and he got a prison sentence for 15 years. So that seemed to me like, oh, that's longer than my life. Yeah. You know? At that point, you're 13. You feel that like that's a lot of years. And 15 years, it seems like forever. So, I felt bewildered at one point and where, you know, what was my role model then? You know? So, he was a champion swimmer when he was a kid. He swam for Jamaica in the 60s. Uh, so, did my mom and my aunt. And so, when, when that happened at age 13, when he went to prison, I kind of threw myself into swimming and water polo. I felt closer to him. I felt closer to, you know, the tradition of my family that my mom was, you know, did also. And I started training for the national team, and I made the team uh, swim team quite a few times, and um, also the water polo team. So it gave me focus, and I guess the friends there, and and, and the elder dudes there that knew my pops and, and had love for him, uh, they kind of helped to guide me. Also, other sports stars, I would look up to people like Michael Jordan. I would look up to um, you know entertainers who I just thought they, they were dope, you know, Super Cat and Shava and and uh, those kind of were my role models or my father figures uh, during those times. I was 13, so I was about 17 or 19, I think. That's when my pops came out. Right. Uh, which we kind of, we kind of mended the, the, the relationship and, and got to know each other again as men now because we'd lost the time as, you know, me being a kid and him being the, the dad. Um, But yeah, it's just been a a a roller coaster ride in terms of that. But I think those things made me stronger, you know. Uh, You know, waking up at age what was it about nine or ten, and being like, "Mom, where's Dad? Um, Yeah, I haven't seen him for two weeks." You know, my mom didn't know where he was either. And then we got word through the through the papers, uh, you know, the, the the papers every morning, the newspapers. That he had crashed the plane in uh, in in the Everglades in Miami. As you and do. So, wow. Okay. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so 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 there was times like that, you know, and I was like, "Where is he? Is he is he alive?" Um, and then uh, you know, hearing that, oh, he's in a prison in Miami. Being, he, oh, he's not dead. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of yeah, yeah. crazy for people to think about that, but uh, yeah, a lot of a lot of different emotional roller coasters that happened. Due to you know all of those things,
1: did you get uh, treated differently well, by other kids, kind of around you that were in your school and so on? When when this happened,
0: a couple, yeah, yeah, a couple of incidences where it was like, "Yo, uh, I hear your dad's in prison, man." While we were all talking about you know the latest Transformers cartoon or some stupid thing like that, you know. Then hey, by the way, your dad's in prison, isn't? He? Oh wow, it just uh... felt like you know shame. It felt uh, I felt worried for him. Um, so yeah, that, that happened in prep school, in, in, you know, lower school and also in high school. So, uh, yeah, as I said, it made, it made me into the diamond I am, I, I believe.
1: Right, right, right. You so know. it has shaped you in that sense.
0: Yeah, for sure. It, you know, you got my skin thick and, um, you know, I'm able to stand up in the, the most amount of fire now. For me. Embarrassment is, or 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 shame, is something that I felt when I was three and five years old, and I'm over that
1: now. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hear you. Well, you've also, I mean, doing what you do, you need to have the thickest skin out there, don't you? You've got to have that kind of supreme confidence to just be able to go, "I'm going yeah, to sing for right. you. This is what I'm doing." And if you don't <laughs> like it, you can leave. You know?
0: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, it does give me the confidence in, in those areas, uh, and it gave me. Um, you know, a down-to-earth social kind of uh, perspective. You know, uh, I, I never look down on people. I'm always, uh, I never look at people for what their value is in terms of monetary. Uh, I, I look at how they behave. I look at, um, you know, the, the type of person that they, they treat other people, how they treat people. Um, yeah, for me, it made me so grounded. You know, it helped to make me grow Well, you that, and, and a great a great mom and a great brother. And growing up, you know, my, my grandma, who, as I said, is uh, from from Coventry and rugby,
1: was it was a good nucleus
0: to have. Uh, we took care of each other. We were there for each other.
1: Hello, I'm Amber. I work with the team that bring you this show and the Driven Chat podcast, and we love that you're listening. It would be really cool if you could just chuck us five stars, subscribe, and tell your friends. Thank you. The Andy J podcast. Yeah, I love that. I love that. And you, you back it up in your own life now, Sean, you know, you must be worth a few quid. I'm not prying, but you know, you must have made a few quid, the number of songs you've sold, the hits you've had, the tours you've been on. And yet you're not flash, if you know what I mean. You don't kind of walk around with ridiculous yeah. watches and crazy rings and seven seven Bentleys and, you know, all that stuff. You, you don't uh, need that if you know, I mean, I'm sure you could afford yeah. it, but you don't seem to be flashing it off. Even if you've got it privately, we can't see it, you know?
0: yeah I mean i mean i I did spend some years buying some stupid jewelry uh but after a while, you know I'm like do, do I keep this it's almost that's a charade you know do I keep this up where you you buy this jewelry and have it in front you know you, you, I'm walking around here with something on my neck or my wrist that's uh more than, than than people see in a lifetime. so it it, it starts to make me feel like where I do wear the jewelry at times? But uh you know, especially on a performance or you know on appearance somewhere uh it's show business, so yeah, but I, I started to feel like uh really just uh I, I don't know if guilty is the word but but uh there's compassion for people. I'm like, why am I wearing this on my wrist that that's probably more than than the car that this person is driving it's it's you know, I have friends who are still in the position of being financially embarrassed and then also friends who are totally just in poverty. Uh, and I try to help people as much as I can, you know, people who are having a hard time, even though they, they, they're not from a poverty stricken place. There's times I invest in something they're doing like businesses and then people who are in in dire need. I, I, I help out every now and then, uh, we did some stuff, over this pandemic, we helped small farmers, we helped uh, people who, um, you know, were, were looking to start small, small businesses, and also, during the lockdowns, as I spoke about before, people who kind of lived from paycheck to paycheck, or from day to day, I, I I did a thing where we fed about 300 families. Wow. Um. Uh, yeah, we did it a couple times. So, they, they got enough food to last for about five weeks. Man, um,
1: See, that's how to spend yeah. your money. Credit you for that, man. That's, that's super. That's amazing. Sean, this is, this is the first time we've had a chance to make friends. And I've got to say, it's an absolute pleasure talking to you. You know, you to, to hear that in particular is just what a remarkable thing to do. And, and there's a lot of people that just Thank wouldn't you. bother. You know, there's a lot of people that talk the talk, but they don't spend the cash. They don't put it out there. You seem very yeah. proud of Jamaica and the Jamaican people as well, if you don't mind
0: me saying. Yeah, bro. I mean, a lot of people ask me, why don't you leave Jamaica? How come you don't have a house abroad? Um, You know, when I grew up here looking at the stars and the moon and and the sun that we have and and thinking about the universe out of here, I always thought, you know, what a great place this is and that I wanted people to, to know this place. And then being the swimmer, you know, the national swimmer that I was and my parents were, I got a strong sense of national pride from before, you know. When I heard that my dad and my mom swam for Jamaica in the Central American Games and stuff like that, you're like, wow, like, you know, that that's uh, um, that, that's something to be proud of. And uh, even though I did music and it became huge, I didn't see the, the, the reason that I, I should turn my back. I, I actually more felt I need to stay here and build here, you know. I went through some crazy years in the 70s. Uh, you know, I was born in 73, so uh, the late 70s were really, uh, what can I say? I don't want to say desolate, but, you know, I've seen, I've seen rich ladies fighting over the last bag of rice in the supermarket. Right. And I was like, wow, you know, uh, because there's nothing on the shelf. and uh, We didn't have a lot of produce, and, um, you know, you couldn't import a lot of stuff. Uh, you know, a lot of people didn't 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 have the, the resources to to, to become self sufficient. So you saw a lot of poverty going on, and um, you know it, it made sense to me to, to stay here since I've been successful to, to help build. You know these people made me; they made me who I am. Uh, uh, whether they do like my music or not is <laughs> <it, laughs> it, it, a next is a nice thing. But, um, you know, because I'm from a place in Jamaica where it's not usual for someone that grew up there to sing what I sing and how I sing. Okay. I choose the rhythms I do. I choose and, and, and hang with the people I hang with. So uh, it's different. And um, some people, you know, might look at it as not authentic or some people might look at it as taboo. Uh, but I've I, I felt comfortable. You know, I've had friends that have, uh, blessed me in terms of, uh, you know, encouraging me in every step of the way. And um, it just feels good to, to stay here, build here, and, uh, and contribute to the history of this music and culture by producing other artists and, and writing songs to them. And that, that's what I think, that's what I feel like I need to do, not buy houses in Miami and, and, and New York yet. You know, this
1: not this not be my focus. Oh, for sure, man! Respect you for this. This is glorious, Sean. You mentioned you've dropped the magic date that you were born seventy three. Now, my maths, I quickly went, hang on. So we're two years off of fifty. I mean, how how are you yeah. thinking about that? It's the the big five zero. Is it's not <laughs> that far away? Are you are you already yeah. starting to think about the party? What's what's the vibe? Actually, I, I
0: don't know. I you know. I think almost less and less about partying. If it happens, I'm like, oh yeah, I'm down, I'm coming. But uh, to throw a party on my birthday, is not really something I've I've, I've done a lot. You know, I always remember when I did do it, I kind of felt uncomfortable, like, "Eh, (laughs) why is it all about me? You can't just go home, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So so, um, uh, do I have to cut this cake in front of everybody? (laughs) Uh, you know, it, it, it's funny, because I remember as a kid,
1: yeah, we wanted parties,
0: and um, there was a time where my brother, I, I had a, we had a birthday party for my brother, so all the guests are there, and then my pops goes, oh, I'm going to go get some candles uh, for the cake, and he left, and he didn't come back for two weeks, oh. so... <laughs>
1: That's a, there that, that must've been some amazing candles.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so anyway, the food was good. The cake was good. Uh, uh, the corn was good. I got, we got a lot of, um, uh, compliments on the grilled corn. Nice. But yeah, things like that kind of made me like, well, birthdays aren't that important to so be like, oh, it's all about me. It's all about me. It's just like, you know, it, it's, it's a day. Um. And and we give thanks for my life, and that's more important to me. Yeah, for sure. Um, because at that time, again, we didn't know where he was. I didn't know if he was alive. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I guess all of those experiences gave us, uh, um, you know, a real appreciation for life.
1: I love that. So does that mean you're not worried about the the being fifty? I know you got like a year and a bit to go, but nonetheless, yeah. from, like I'm I'm a little bit behind you, and I'm I'm already starting to think.
0: Oh, 50 soon.
1: Come on. Oh, that, yeah. feel, that feels old, uh, you know?
0: It does. It does. When you, when it's, when you say that, and I can't believe that I have friends. that I, I'm like, how much decades? Are you crazy? <laughs> <laughs> but, but you know what? Uh, it, 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 it's more important to me to be excited about being the first guy that's, that's 50 that's still doing this on an international level from here. From Jamaica, you know what Love I mean, it. Yeah, uh, yeah. That, that's 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 a first. You know, I, well, I'm not fifty yet, but that will be a first. And you know, doing uh, what what can I say? Powerful music, or, or even party-oriented music, uh, music that, that that brings people together at this age. It's 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 a phenomenal feeling, man. So that that's more what I concentrate on. And I, I've always felt younger than I am. Like, When I was 24, I was like, I still feel like I'm 14, though.
1: And my friends would be like, yeah, you act like it, bro. Nice. Nice. Well, listen, if you don't mind me saying, Sean, you know, you're talking about your music. I'm going to use a word that might scare you a little bit. You're also, it's sexy music, you know? So you're going to be a 50-year-old man on stage singing sexy tunes.
0: And people are going to be like, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I saw, I saw,
1: I saw Tom
0: Jones do it, bro. So, exactly. My too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: I love it. Yeah. I love it. You can keep and on flaring, Jagger, bro.
0: Jagger's good, you know, swinging them, you, them hips, and, and he's um, like,
1: he's two hundred and eighteen you know? now. So you I mean he, he yeah.
0: can just like, <laughs> yeah, for sure.
1: He's still for got sure. the snake hips, yeah. He can still cartwheel, can't he? I mean, man, that's like, all right,
0: all right. That's great.
1: That's the there that's you go. Crazy. There's so, yeah. there's the bench. That's the benchmark to hit. Cartwheels at yeah, 218. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be amazing. <laughs> Look, tell me, tell me about the new music because I've I've kind of hogged you with, with chatting about all kinds of other things. But I, I, this is your chance to tell us about all the fantastic things that are incoming. We know you've smashed it for the last seven albums, and of course, there's been awards and all the sales in the world and all the streams you can imagine. I tried to count them; it's it's nearly seven billion streams, which is insane. It took That's me a, took me a lot of time to get to that. So how we how we looking for number eight?
0: Uh, I don't, you know, it's going to be a very good album. It's called Scorcher, and I've put it, I've kind of put the release date back. We were trying to do it in February, but now we're going to do it in April, just in time for the tour, so it works out very good. Uh, we did that because the song's reacting very good. Uh, the first song was Ty Dallas Cyrus, it was a warmer up, and then this new one called Dynamite with Sia. Is, is really uh, doing some good chew. work, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah man, is doing some good work. So I'm giving it some space to breathe. Uh, we have big songs with, with huge artists coming out. Uh, you know, Gwen, sorry, Gwen Stefani and Shensia in one song. It's going to be a really dope lovers rock reggae song. <clears throat> um, Pia Mia is on the album, Toe Blow is on the album, Nikki Jam from Reggaeton World is on the album. Junior Gong's on the album. Uh, Style G's on the album. Uh, who else can I say? Uh, yeah, just a, a host of great producers and artists. Um, you know, and this album is is more of a of an international approach, or should I say, a more, a, more, a more international approach to producing and you know the songwriting and and, and who I did the work with. Okay, who came on the album? Uh, uh, and, and the last album I did is called Life and Living, which was released in March this year. That was more hardcore dancehall, you know, Big Up to Buja Bant and I'm Busy Signal and Junior Gang who's on that album also, and a couple of my friends, you know, Left Side and uh, some new cats like Massacre and Bang and, you know, um, and Intense. All these guys are people who I, I've been honored to work with in the past few uh, months. Uh, I, I, you know, kind of upset that we didn't get to tour that stuff, but uh, this pandemic gave me the chance to do these two albums. So, one's more hardcore, one's more, uh, you know, what can I say? Worldly oriented, uh But yeah, the both of them are dope pieces of work. Check out Live and Living if you haven't yet. And this um, is it. Just been Grammy
1: uh, nominated, wasn't it? I mean, that's
0: massive, yeah. man. Massive. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm looking forward to, to seeing what happens, you know, uh, the the ladies are stepping up in our genre also. So Spice and Itana have albums out this year and I'm looking for, you know, if I don't take it I I hope they do one of them. Yeah, no. Nice. Uh, they they've been you know, they've been doing their thing for quite some time. Um the the ladies in general, I mean, and um it's really cool to see people like Coffee, people like Shen people like uh Spice doing their thing, and and as I said, if I don't take it, I hope one of these
1: ladies I love you for that man, what a a generous thing to say. How much does kind of the success of an individual song or an album, you know, in terms of how it charts and and how it does around the world and the awards and all that sort of stuff, because you've won them all, because you've had all the hits already, you've been there, you've done that, you've you've got nothing to prove, you know what I mean? So how much does it mean to you when you find out, oh, yep, yep, that one's up for another award or that one's number one in that country right now and this one's streaming Uh like, you know. Is it still massive? Does yeah, it still song. give you the, the kind of thrills?
0: Yeah, bro. My songs are like my kids, you know? So you, you want the best for them. You try to grow, you, you, you grow them in the studio in the best way and then you let them out to the world and you kind of watch what they do and you feel proud. You feel, you feel amazing of that, you know? So uh, uh, I can only thank the fans now and say respect to everybody who has supported me over these years and I continue to know that I'm going to give you part of the music, music that you like, that you can feel, that makes you feel happy uh, and, and makes you think also. There's, there's a couple of songs on both albums that are going to make people kind of contemplate some stuff, uh, more more heavy stuff. But I, I don't do it in a negative way and so um, I just hope that, that people gravitate towards some of that new stuff like that too.
1: Yeah, brilliant. So you're using the platform?
0: Yeah, man. Um, I think it's important, you know. I've seen artists from the sixties do that with their with their platform and um and, and, and the seventies as well. And then, you know, basically my music is more about uh people might say it's escaping, you know, just being free, being in the club or dancing or you know, in a dance itself or, or, or a fest or what do you call, a, you know, a concert or festival. But um, it, it's primarily primarily for that. But yet, lately, I've been wanting to say some things with, with the amount of, you know, the, you just mentioned the amount of streams I have. So if even a few of those people get a message from some of my songs, um, it's pretty cool, you know. I, I, think- I, I don't claim to be the be all and know all and be right about everything i say it's just my opinion but it's it's good to be able to get it out when I, when i do have an opinion about something strong uh, to kind of just just uh, tell people how i feel
1: yeah, you have a platform and you have people that love what you're saying. So you've you got to talk properly. You've got to speak from the heart. It can't just be, I love you, girl, you're really, you're really pretty. You've got a nice bum, you know, there's, there's only so many, there's only so many songs about nice bums you can have, you know, you've got to have, you've got to be able to say other things too. Not knocking bums, obviously, but
0: <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, you yeah. Too, you're, you're saying it, uh, the same sentiment and that's why I do it, you know, uh, famously pizza touch, you know, pizza touch. He uh, he had an interview where he, he cussed off these songs. He said, like, "Can't be all the time, baby, baby. I effing love him." Like, you know, <laughs> sometimes, sometimes it's about, sometimes it's about you know saying what we need to say and uh, that we do have the voice. You know, the voice of the people is the voice of God. Almost, well, it is. You know, it's majority rule kind of vibe. So. Uh, if I could, if I could just reflect what people are thinking or feeling, or uh, you know, in a more uh, conscious way at times, that that's really important to
1: me. Yeah, that's brilliant. Uh, and You have to reflect the world, otherwise, you know, not everyone is in love and not everyone fancies each other, but everyone's gone Definitely. through a moment in time, you know. So that's that's, that's, sure. that's really important. How do you stay grounded, Sean? Because you know you've. You've had these amazing highs. You've had these fascinating kind of things in your life that have happened. It, it would have been so easy for you to have kind of gone off the straight and narrow, if you know what I mean. Just kind of fallen into crazy scenes and been a bit irresponsible and been a bit silly and, and, you know, kind of lost yourself. How have you kept yeah, yourself?
0: Right. Oh man, there's times where you know you, you have. I remember right there in London to get my manager getting a call saying, uh, Sean has had a bit of a rock star moment in his room." <laughs> <And> so, <laughs>
1: So what does uh, hang on? What does that mean? What is a rock to, to you? What is a rock star moment? Because there's the, like some some would say it's it's a it's a TV through the window. Others would say, oh, he didn't quite make the toilet there. So what is it?
0: Um, it, it, it was definitely being officially a delinquent, a delinquent uh, just drunk, uh, coming into the hotel, partying with people, falling all over the place, breaking down a window curtain. Breaking Bannister, like, uh, I really, uh, so, not on purpose, not like, oh, I throw the TV out the window, but just being very careless and uh, trashing the room type of thing. So, uh, you know, there's some years like that, there's some times where you know, I did get out of hand, but, again, my family, my nucleus that I spoke about, my mom, my brother, my wife, my children, um, you know, very important to me, and, uh, I I don't want to say that I did. I don't want to disappoint them, but at the same point in time, I'm representing them too. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, So, so they represent me. If if I'm the star and I'm the artist, and I say I could say to my brother or a cousin of mine, you know, oh no, don't do that because you're not going to represent me right now. I got to do the same thing for them. You know, Uh, they have a normal life. They have people that look up to them. And I don't want people looking down on them at all. So that keeps me grounded, man. Uh, And they're always there to give me the truth, the cold, hard, bitter truth at times. They're like, yo, you know, and and they tell me the truth, you know. Uh, And and keep me normal, bro. Uh, You know, because I've seen uh, people in this industry just get really over-self, uh, narcissistic in those, like, is, uh, you know, all about them. And to be an artist that competes on this high level, you kind of have to be a narcissistic person. You think about yourself all the time the lyrics you're going to say, the clothes you're going to wear, what's the video going to look like, how, how how you present yourself, uh, you know, all of that. It's, to me, it's, it's, it's above the normal, what a normal man of my age would be thinking of himself, you know what I mean? So there's times where just just changing a diaper really balances me out.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, especially if it's a teething diaper. <laughs> then it's, you know
0: <laughs> it's Yeah.
1: Then you got all the Same. muck going into one. Oh, fair play, man. And it's it's of course it's that thing as well where you've got to imagine, you know, if that was your son, say in fifteen years' time and he'd trash the room You'd be, yeah. you'd be so disappointed as his dad, wouldn't you? You'd be yeah, like, come sure. on, <laughs> come on.
0: You know, yeah, Roy, you better than that, bro.
1: Yeah, yeah. And so, so yeah. and so you've got to live it yourself. <laughs> it's like that. It's that like repeated role model. Can I ask you, Sean, I know I'm, I'm kind of invading your time now, so I don't want to kind of, uh, I mean, I'd like to keep talking for as long as you want, but uh, you know, I, I don't Ooh. want to kind of abuse it. Can I just ask you about social media? Because, you know, you, you've been doing this since the 90s, right, where people barely had mobile yeah. phones. They certainly didn't have phones with, yeah. with cameras on them. There's, there was no such thing as Twitter and Instagram and all of this stuff. You've people, seen it change. Yeah. And, it, I mean, it has kind of just – the whole world is different now. And, and people kind of – your access to fans and stuff, it's immediate, and it can be lovely. It can also be kind of horrible. How have, how have you sort of navigated yeah. around that?
0: Yeah, at first I was quite apprehensive about any of it. I was like, "What? I don't want to, you know, tell people what I'm eating and when I'm on the, when I'm in the loop." You <laughs> I mean, know what I mean? Because that's what I—that's kind of like what I saw with Twitter. People were just like, "I'm eating cabbage," <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> and i was like, I don't get it. Now, you know, I, I, I like video games. I like, you know, watching, you know, movies and, and stuff like that. But when it got into social media, I was like, I don't know if I have that much time to spend with with all these people that who I actually really don't know. Now I know I got a lot of fans all over the place, and I don't actually know all of them. But when you do meet and greet, you actually physically meet and greet and speak and and interact, and that's that's that that was the thing for me. So I got into social media really slow. Um, You know, I remember being on a video shoot in 2010. And the the record company at the time was like, give me his phone. And they just put Twitter on it. And, and they, they added a bunch of people and said, follow me, I'm on Twitter. So when I came off the video, they were like, here, you're on Twitter now. I was like, what? Oh, <laughs> I, was like, man. I was like, damn, bro. I, you know, and, and then it hit me. Like, boom, oh, wow. And I started to read everybody's thoughts. And I was like, now I get it. It's like, keep thoughts. That's important. You know, so it is getting to know people on a certain level or know at least what they're thinking at the time even if it's a joke or it's something really really serious you know and then there's the flip side where presidents are using it talking all kind of crap and and, and, until they get banned yeah yeah so with everything bro i take it in in stride i I, I don't you know if, if social media really did reflect the true love that certain people have for you or, or uh, really did reflect the truth, uh, you know, fan base that you have, then for me, for, for, for Facebook, I would be selling 11 million albums every day or every time I put out albums, right? So for me, I don't take it that serious, you know? Uh, there's people who write me on Twitter or, or Instagram and like, months later I may see it and they're like, you just answered me now? I'm like, well, it's Twitter. Yeah, it's 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 to say yo what's up and you know it's show pics and uh, I got I got really into Instagram uh, a, a thousand words a picture is worth a thousand words man and so uh, yeah and then of course uh, you know back in the day if I was seeing so much pictures of ladies in their lingerie we, we would say that Sean's buying a lot of um, those. Uh, Cheeky magazines, you
1: know
0: what I mean? Yeah, they so available now on Instagram. I'm like, wow! So I don't need to buy no more subscriptions to none of these things. Uh, these 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 ladies are showing me everything I need to it's see. It's just right there.
1: Now. It's right there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just um, just don't well, let your wife that, pick know, up your phone.
0: Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. She knows. I'm 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 always on it, and she's like, oh boy. <laughs> 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 but but um. But yeah, in general, you know, it's a great tool for connectivity and, and I do respect it in that in that way. But I don't take it too serious. Uh, you know, there's been crazy times where when I first had Twitter, I had a stalker. Right. And um, right. he was actually here in Jamaica and, and started to get to my house and, and, and tweet some very awful things, you know what I mean? Yeah. When I was leaving the country she would be threatening parts of people of my family. so um, that was scary. And uh, you know, it, it, this person really didn't have any way to get to me. Really didn't know anybody I knew. I except so so she started to get to me through Twitter and it was really nerve wracking for me. But then I, I realized, you know, yeah, I, I do I do something that people like a lot and um you know, this is a way that she could she could get to me, and and I don't take this too seriously. So, you know, uh, it kind of sorted itself out. But it was an anxiety that I just didn't feel I needed. No, and so there's a double side sword with it, man. You could be a kid in your room who use Garage Band to make the biggest song, and then put it out on Instagram, and everybody goes, "Oh wow!" and you become a huge star. Or you, you could be struggling doing that for. Ten years and no one doesn't notice you because there's so much apps, so much people, so much different things. You know, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, uh, Twitter, MySpace. Uh, um, everything is just so much, so you could get lost as well. So for me, again, it's not that serious. I, I do use it, um, but I don't let it use me. Man, yeah,
1: good. That's that's the way to do it, Sean. You've got a massive, massive fan base here in the UK. Huge. You're gonna be tearing it up when you're over here, aren't you? I mean it's it's gonna be a, a massive party. You're not you're basically not gonna rest for what are you here like ten, twelve days? You're not gonna rest at all. It's yeah, yeah, just yeah. gonna be it's gonna be nonstop. Yeah, right? it's gonna
0: be nuts because uh, already there's after parties being booked at colony, people are like, oh, Yo, you gotta come to this after and that. So, you know, it's gonna be crazy. Yeah. it's gonna be forward crazy. lot. It uh, yeah, it's been it's been um quite a few months almost two years just just chilling out
1: yeah 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 yeah. well the first gig I love this. You're starting in Edinburgh, fantastic. It's the 11th of April, 2022. You start in Edinburgh, then you, you're basically moving down the country, you go Glasgow, Newcastle, Manchester. Yeah. Then, of course, we're down in Wembley for the 16th, and then you finish off on the 22nd. A couple more venues in between, and then you finish on the 22nd in Wales, in Cardiff, at the Motorport Arena. This, oh, it's going to be massive, mate. This is huge. What yeah, bro. are you excited? Are you properly? Are you as buzzing as the fans are going to be?
0: Yeah, I'm definitely excited. Looking forward to the whole vibe. Um, you know, the best parts of the business for me is being in the studio creating the stuff or being on stage, like, giving it to the audience and then giving me that energy. That's that's a feeling that, uh, you know, you can't you can't get rid of. And I've been itching for that. You know, it, it's something that you can't explain. Uh, it, it is an addiction. And, and so when people ask me, how, how do you still get the energy and at your age and the touring and all the plane rides, it's about that, you know, hour, hour and a half on stage, just doing what I do. I'm feeling in, in, in in a, in a very positive spirit. So yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I'm hoping that everybody in UK is ready. (laughs) I've been rusty, but I know, I know, you have been rusty too, because you have not had a show from SP. Yeah, over get them in a quite long time. And I, I do bring the energy, so I hope y'all fit and ready. I in love UK, it.
1: I love it. I'm going, to, I'm going to come, man. I'm going to come and watch you. i got to, after, especially now we're friends, I've got to come and watch this. This is going to be amazing. I can't yeah. wait. I've got, to, I've got to do a quick shout out to my wife and my sister-in-law who are both so jealous that we're chatting, by the way. Yeah. I, ha- I, have to say, I have to say hello to you from them. Otherwise, I haven't used my yeah. time properly. But what a joy. Sean, it's been such a pleasure chatting. I've really enjoyed our company. What a, you're a remarkable human being. It's been such great company. Thank you very much indeed.
0: Thank you, bro. Thank you for the time. And uh, I guess we'll see you in April. Eh? Mate,
1: I'm there. I'm there. Can I just grab a couple of screen grabs from the phone so that I can I can show people yeah. that we chatted? Are you cool with that? Just kind of like, yeah, 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 that's it. That's it. Love it. Fantastic. Thank you so much. Yeah, Sean, great. what a joy. It's been an absolute privilege and an honor. Thank you Thank very you. much indeed. The Andy J Podcast. There you go. We've just had, well, such a pleasure To spend so much time with Sean Paul, I can tell you we saw each other, we we posed for some photographs and everything else, which you may have seen on my social media now. So much fun. What a guy. He was really good company. And I'm just chuffed to bits that we had that conversation much deeper than I was expecting. He went into incredible detail about things that I'm humbled that he shared, given that we'd never met before as well. To open up to a stranger like me was was absolutely charming and, and very flattering. And what an interesting man. I really, really, really enjoyed his company. And I hope you liked listening to that as much as I enjoyed sharing it with you. I hope that you are a follower, a subscriber, whatever you want to call yourself to this pod, whether you listen on Spotify, Acast, Apple Music or Apple Pods rather, or wherever you get your podcasts, wherever you're getting us. I hope you tune in each week. I hope you have had a chance to dip into our massive back catalogue. We're 89 episodes in now, for goodness sake. Chances are that there's at least three or four other people that we've spoken to in our recent history that will grip you and enthrall you and entertain you. So I'd love it if you checked out the back catalogue, delved into some of our previous conversations and just enjoyed. You can go back to the very beginning if you like, but just find someone that... Take, takes your fancy and give it a listen tell your friends share about it on social media and feel free to contact me via Instagram I don't do much on Twitter if I'm quite honest with you but I am there andy.j on the gram as they call it if they're much younger and cooler than me we'll be back next week with a special mental health episode with some big names sharing their stories and then the week after we'll be bringing out a sort of highlights reel with some really big names sharing some fun anecdotes and some moments of light and laughter So, however, you get through the festive period, if you're listening in real time, I wish you a very happy Christmas and I wish you all the very best for the new year as well. I will be back next week with the mental health episode. But meantime, go out, make someone smile, spread some kindness, and I'll catch you soon. The Andy J
0: podcast. I'm Nick Friedman. I'm Lee Alec Murray. And I'm
1: Leah President.